Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. This morning's scripture comes from the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 40 through 48. It's a familiar story involving two more of Jesus' miracles. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Third week. Third week of this, of this series, final week of this series of along the journey of, of finding out what happens as Jesus travels around and the different stories of, of things that happens. We, we talked about him wanting to get away and take a little bit of a, a rest, and which is where he would sail across, the, uh, sail across that sea try to get a little rest, but then that storm comes up and, and blows him around. He calms that, goes over, and he sees this, this man from the other side of the lake called Legion. We talked about how the, the mental health state of our world today is in trouble. I also shared last week, if you remember, that it was okay to seek help, that our healing comes in medical and relational and spiritual ways. Which actually brings us to today. Brings us to today, the 
a woman in the crowd. Again, this series is all about what happens during our travels. And so maybe you've reflected over the past couple of weeks about your vacations and your, your different trips and, and what has happened to you on some of those trips and some of the things that surprised you, some of the things that, that were unexpected. Well, I'm going to encourage you to, to continue to have your bulletins handy as they have spots that you can take notes, as well as scripture passages and questions that you can reflect on through the rest of this week. I want to make sure that you have those with you so that when God speaks to you this morning, because I know the Spirit will speak to you, that you can jot down those notes that you won't forget. Because maybe some of you are like me, and if I don't write it down, I will forget. God has a tendency to remind us from time to time. Will you pray with me this morning? Gracious Son, Almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word. And so, God, I ask that the words that I speak no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your words for your people, your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So you might remember from last week that we, we talked about how Jesus was in the early stages of his ministry and, and things seemed to be getting pretty busy. And maybe this was the reason or something else that made him tell his disciples to take that short little trip across the lake. And this is where we find these few different stories of things that happened to Jesus along his journey. And so today, we return back to familiar territory, places that Jesus knew. As he arrives on the shore, he is greeted by, once again, more crowds. Luke tells us that the crowd was waiting for him was waiting for him when he got there. Somehow the word got out that they were on their way back from the garrisons, or, or maybe they just stayed on shore waiting the whole time. Maybe they couldn't get tickets to get to the event. Maybe they were like Taylor Swift tickets that are incredibly hard to get. But you see, it is here where we are introduced to Jairus. He's waiting for Jesus because he has a desperate need. His daughter is dying and is in need of Jesus to come and heal her. Jairus' daughter is 12 years old and is his only one. He falls at Jesus' feet and pleads with him to go to his house and heal his daughter. Not much else is said about this initial conversation. We don't know if there was any begging beyond the initial question or if Jesus immediately began to walk toward the house. What we do know is that Jesus decides to help and begins this short little journey to Jairus' home. The crowd, of course, follows along this journey. We can probably imagine the scene as people press in on all sides, wanting to hear any of Jesus' conversations because it seems like everything Jesus says is teaching. So let's hear what Jesus has to say. The disciples were probably acting like security guards, keeping Jesus safe from anyone who looks like they might do him harm. I picture them with the little earpieces, dark robes, maybe sunglasses over their eyes. <laughs> I mean, it was so crowded that day. You would think twice. Uh, you would, yeah, you would think twice about getting bumped into by others all around you, but. But even in that, something interesting happens. Luke tells us that 
that a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years finds her way in the crowd to Jesus and touches him. Actually, just the edge of his robe. Well, this begs a few questions. First, how did she make it through the crowd to get that close to him? This would have required some pushing and shoving of people to get out of the way. Second, if she had been bleeding for 12 years, she most certainly would have been ceremonially unclean. And therefore, anything and anyone that she would have touched would have also become unclean. If she was pushing her way through the crowd, would she not make everyone she touched unclean? It was said that she spent everything she had on doctors, but still had not been healed. Just seeing her in the crowd would have caused some concern for the people gathered around Jesus that day. But even more than that, her belief that if she could touch Jesus, she would be healed. But that brings an issue with it as well. This would mean that she would be intentionally touching a Jewish rabbi, knowing she was unclean. This tells me the state of mind she was in that day. And who can blame her? Suffering for 12 years is enough to drive anyone to a place of isolation and desperation. She had nothing left but her faith in the healing powers of Jesus Christ. This is all we know about her. Luke or the other Gospels do not mention her name or anything else about her. If we look into some of the early church writers, the the ones we call the Apostolic Fathers, uh, we find that her name might have been Bernice or Veronica. Eusebius, uh, one of the Apostolic fathers, Fathers, those early church writers, once wrote that she had a statue erected commemorating her healing in her hometown. It was later torn down by Julian, a Roman Empire or a Roman emperor. So this would tell us that this woman was a Gentile, possibly from Caesarea Philippi. This might shine a light on her being in a crowd with her condition. However, she most certainly would have known of all the Jewish purification laws. Well, regardless, this woman finds her way finds her way through the crowd, and finally reaches Jesus. She stretches out her hand and touches the fringe or tassels of his robe. And immediately, immediately, she is healed. Please note that this is the only time we hear about a healing that does not require Jesus to do or say anything in order for the healing to happen. I mean, we hear stories of Jesus taking mud and putting it on people's eyes, telling some to go wash in pools, or just speaking words to offer healing. In this case, healing happens, initially unbeknownst to Jesus. Although he immediately realizes that healing has taken place, he sensed the power leaving him. Jesus immediately stops. The disciples had to be a little concerned when he stopped so quickly. And then Jesus says, who touched me? 
Can you hear the indignation in Peter's voice? Who touched you? The people are crowding and pressing in against you. Everybody's touching you, Jesus. How are they to know who touched Jesus in this crowd? But Jesus knows that someone did. And he wants to find out who touched him. And this is one of those times when Jesus, I think, shows his humanity. Because it's obvious that the divine Jesus would know exactly who touched him. Well, you see, this display was not for Jesus, but for the crowd. The woman realizes that she will not be able to escape without being noticed. So she steps forward, reveals herself to Jesus, declares what happened to Jesus and to the rest of the crowd. How incredibly difficult this must have been. She is now going to answer for touching Jesus when culturally speaking, she shouldn't have. I wonder what she was feeling during that moment. Maybe she was reflecting on how she had been treated for the past 12 years. More than likely, she was not welcomed. She was picked on. She was talked about. She was flat out ignored. Was this situation going to be a lecture? A verbal bashing? Or maybe even a death sentence? But something amazing happens. Jesus looks into her eyes and spoke directly to her. And the word that he spoke? Daughter. He called her daughter. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. What a relief. What an oasis of grace. What an oasis of grace. She was healed, no longer suffering from this affliction. She was able to return to society. Jesus offered her healing and restoration. Once again, here is that new life that Jesus Christ offers to each and every one of us. But what does this really mean for us today? If we look at this story and and we hear it again, what could it possibly mean for us today? I mean, so many times we hear the message about healing and try to find ourselves in the life of this woman. However, I want to look at it a little differently this morning. Paul writes in his letters that we should become more like Jesus every day. That we should strive to live our lives as Jesus did. If we're to do this, then we need to focus on Jesus' actions, especially in this story. You see, Jesus was on a mission. Jesus was on a mission from God. Probably didn't have the the big black and white car. But he was on a mission from God. There There was a definite purpose to everything that he did, and it all pointed back to the kingdom of God and how he participated in and invited others to that kingdom. He was busy with all of this. It seemed as if though he was always teaching, he was always healing, he was always offering justice and mercy. 
In our story this morning, Jesus has just returned from this short little trip, only to be confronted with yet another desperate need. He responds and begins walking towards Jairus' house so he can heal this little girl. And then Jesus is interrupted. Jesus was interrupted. So let me ask you, how do you handle interruptions? How do you handle interruptions? You have a plan and only so many hours in the day to accomplish that plan, and then you are interrupted. What's your reaction? What is your response? So let's see what Jesus' response was. Oh, oh yeah, he stopped. He didn't want this incident to go unnoticed. He's busy, but he's not too busy to stop and take notice of what's going on around him. Jesus noticed the needs of all of those around him. Do we take notice of needs of others? Or do we just walk on by, hoping that somebody else will volunteer? Somebody else will help. I'm not sure how many somebody else's we have. Are we so busy in our lives that we can't be bothered by one more conversation? Do we feel so strongly that we need to get to the thing on our calendars, the ones in front of, that the ones in front of us suffer? What would it look like if we were to be a little more like Jesus today? And just take those moments of pause, thinking of interruptions as opportunities to be the body of Christ to someone else. The other thing I want to mention here is that when Jesus comes face to face with a woman who touched him, he looked at her as if she was the only one in the room. The only one in the room. He is laser-focused on her, making sure to speak directly to her heart. It is almost as if the crowd vanishes. I remember the scene in, uh, in a movie called Hope Floats, uh, and it's just coming to me, and I, otherwise I would have shown you the, the picture, but the couple who is the focus of that movie, begins to dance in the middle of this gazebo full of people dancing. And all of a sudden, the camera turns and everybody else is gone. And it's just the two. Eventually, the crowd returns, but for a while, it is just the two. Jesus was focused on her. And the crowd vanished. Jesus gave all of himself to this woman in this moment. Can you see? This is how God loves us. Is this, it's if, if we're the only ones in the room. God gives all of himself as God sends his son for each and every one of us. Each and every one of you. We're the only ones in the room. Now there are some similarities in the two healing stories. From the scripture passage today, the little girl is 12 years old. The woman's suffering is 12 years. The little girl was dead, while the woman was dead to the world. And yet, there are some contrasts. 
like the woman was alone and isolated in her illness. But the little girl is surrounded by her family. Jesus tells the woman to go in peace, releasing her to tell her story and to testify to her healing, while the family, although we didn't hear that because I didn't have you read all the way through the end of it, the family is told not to say anything about the healing. However, I do want to read the two verses after the point where we stop today. This is where the word comes that Jairus' daughter is dead. Listen to these words. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came to the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. Were Jesus' words for Jairus, Jairus' daughter? Were they for the woman in the crowd? Or were they for the crowd themselves? You see, this is actually the woman's testimony. Don't be afraid. Even if that means getting into the crowd and doing something that might be culturally wrong, just believe. She believed in her whole heart that all she needed to do was touch Jesus and she would be healed. And she will be healed. The woman was healed because of her faith. Maybe we need to hear those words once again this morning. Don't be afraid. Just believe and you will be healed. Don't be afraid. Regardless of where God is calling you, where God is calling you out of complacency, where God is calling you out into the middle of a crowd that you don't want to be in, just believe. Because in our hearts, we know that God can be trusted. We know that God offers healing. And we know that God loves us. And we will be healed may not look the way we want it to, but it will always look the way God wants it to. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, that we heard your word for us today. And God, as we hear these words about this woman, we also know that, that we look at the actions of everyone around them. And we see the, the actions and the reaction of Jesus, your son, to the interruption that happened that day. So God, we strive to handle our interruptions the same way, with grace, with mercy, and with love. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wonder where you are at this morning. When you got here this morning, how are you feeling? Were you feeling like you needed that touch from Jesus this morning. You enter into this sacred space and the sacred spaces all around our community. You felt that touch that Jesus brings, that healing that brings, that comes. And maybe you want to proclaim it one more time with me. He touched me. Oh, He touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. 
Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me whole. Go forth from this place, knowing that that you have been touched this morning, that you have been made whole and restored. And go knowing that the love of God The grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.